0: Welcome to another episode of Downtime with the Cranston Public Library. We're a podcast for cool people who love libraries where we talk about what we've been reading, what we've been watching, and what we've been loving. I'm your host, Taylor, and the branch librarian at the Oaklawn Branch Library, and my pronouns are she, her.
1: Hi there, I'm Beth LeConte. I'm the uh, director of the OSHER Lifelong Learning Institute at URI, based at the Kingston campus, referred to as Ollie. I'm happy to be here, and uh, my pronoun is she.
2: I'm Wendy Z. Lewis. My pronouns are she and her, and I'm passionate about health, wellness, and living your best life. And I share my passions through my work as a writer, blogger, and reflexologist. And I just recently did a talk at Cranston
0: Public Library. Thank you both for joining me this afternoon. A little bit later in the show, we're going to talk about lifelong learning and both of our guest's experience, continuing to learn throughout your life and, and learning after you get out of school, where learning is very easy because people are telling you what to learn and how to do it, <laughs> for the most part. <laughs> uh, but before we get into that, let's start off, as we always do, with what have you been reading?
1: Okay, well, this, this was really interesting for me. Um, I love to read. I wish I had more time to read, but um, I just, uh, last month, read The Diamond Eye by Kate Quinn. Um This was very, very timely with all that's going on with um, Ukraine right now, but this took place with Hitler's invasion of Ukraine and Russia, and it involves a female sniper. So she uh, leaves her son, goes out, decides she wants to defend her country, and uh, she becomes um, one of the lead snipers as a female, so it's very um, interesting in that respect. And she ends up coming to the United States um, as a spokesperson and meeting with Eleanor Roosevelt. So you're getting rich history and so forth. There's a little bit of romance in it, but it is uh, based on a true story. Um, so that was my one of my recent reads. But if I have time, um, I then, after that one, dove into Lucy by the Sea by Elizabeth Strout. Um, many of you may be familiar with her, with Olive Kitteridge, the Burgess Boys, et cetera, et cetera, and o. William. Um, I found that this was just such a gentle read um, after reading The Diamond Eye and what's going on in our world right now that I felt I was just listening to her. But I did read the book. It wasn't audio. And she's just got that real um, human approach to her as a storyteller and the warmth of it. Uh, but the book did play, take place during uh, the pandemic. And she was living in Manhattan. Um, her ex-husband was there. Her children were there. And uh, her ex-husband decided, well, let's just go up to Maine and I've got this place we can stay. And so they were trying to live up there and communicate amongst themselves and the humor. And it goes back to all the other um, characters that Elizabeth Stroud has talked about. Uh, but the interplay with her children still being in Manhattan or Connecticut. And it just gives you that real nice warmth of people to coming together thinking of the best and any of the possibilities that might be there so I must say I don't usually sit and read a book in one sitting but this one it was a Saturday afternoon the weather wasn't great and I read it so those are my two recent ones that I'm reading right now to close with I'm reading The Sentence by Elizabeth Erdrich I'm not finished that one yet but it's about a small independent bookstore in Minneapolis that's haunted And uh, I have mixed feelings about it. I don't know whether I like it or I don't like it, but I have 50 more pages to read. So I think um, this is going to be a book club one for me. So when we discuss it, I think it will come to life. So it's good variety is what I like to read. I particularly like um, historical fiction, but then these other ones came into being.
0: It was funny when you were talking about the Diamond Eye being based on a true story, as you were explaining it, I was like, oh yeah, I've heard about this woman because I watched a drunk history about her.
1: Yeah, just... It's so much as a female, I think, in a hard time um, and what she was faced with, but uh, how she just felt that she had to um, show her son um, that she was there to support her country too, and how that lead came. but her personalhood, it came in at, at three quarters of the way through, you really saw the that warmth. But I just think meeting Eleanor Roosevelt in that conversation, I don't want to say too much about it, that that was just uh, just the best part for me.
2: The Diamond Eye sounds amazing. I, I really, am going to check that out. By the way, so thank you. Yeah, yeah. But um, I've been digging out some favorites from the archives. Uh, one of my favorites is Zen in the Martial Arts, and uh, I have a, I do a blog every week, so I actually started a feature where I, I talk about a book that's really inspired me. So um, I've been a martial artist on and off for almost 30 years and uh, Zen in the Martial Arts is a collection of short stories and wisdom that's uh a all philosophy and life lessons, and uh, it was written by Joe Hyams, who was um, a Hollywood columnist in the 1950s, and he used to interview the likes of Humphrey Bogart and Frank Sinatra and Lauren Bacall. So he, most of his works were about that. But this particular book of his um, draws on his experiences training in the martial art with in the martial arts with greats such as um, Bruce Lee and um ed parker so it's a book that i think is so valuable and that i recommended to so many people because you don't have to be in the martial arts to appreciate it it's really a little book of wisdom so um, that's a favorite for me and i discovered it in my sensei's bookcase about 30 years ago and i said oh can i can i borrow that you know and of course you know 24 hours later i had, had just torn through the whole thing and i had to get a copy for myself so i could mark it up and and um, you know, we'll be talking about lifelong learning today. And it just occurred to me it's so ironic because this particular book has been one that I have returned to again and again and again ever since I discovered it. And uh, one other book that I've dug out of the archives is uh, If I Knew Then What I Know Now mm-hmm. by Richard, Richard Edler. Uh, um, and he was an ad exec, I believe, in New York. And he asked, um, his friends and colleagues, you know, that question, you know, if I knew then what I know now, what advice would you give to younger people about how to live your life? And that's another, that's another gem. And I'm, I'm fond of those kinds of books that have um, little bits of wisdom, because if you're a busy person, it's easy to just pick it up and read a few pages and then put it down. Um, I love getting engrossed in a long, long book, but that's not always possible. So books like these are, are good for me right now. Fantastic.
0: I don't think I have anything new book related to talk about. So um, let's move right along to have either of you been watching anything interesting lately. Well,
1: I'll, I'll jump right in here. And Wendy, um, you had mentioned where with our busy lives and so forth and interest that sometimes we can't sit and read a long book. Um and that's generally the case with me, but I've been forcing myself with this book club, um, which I'm enjoying. But when it comes to um, movies and so forth, I must admit that I am not a movie goer. Uh, but yet when I get invited to go to one, I enjoy it. Um, it's it's fitting into the time. I think I, I'm a little bit more active and so forth than, than sitting at that point. So I thought about it before um, today and I said, well, you know, um, it will get into lifelong learning a little bit. But um Some of the um, things that I'm seeing online, which might be documentaries and so forth, and I I, I just have to, if I may, just because I was teaching a class on um, ageism and misconceptions, and um, I stumbled upon, if I'm not in the obituary, eat breakfast, and I'm not sure if you've seen this. Um, Wendy, you're smiling. It stars Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, uh, Dick Van Dyke's in there, Betty White's in there. Uh, Norman Lair's in there and other people that have um, run marathons when they're 100 years old, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's not sad. It is not dry. These are real people um, showing their humor, telling their stories. And it was just so, so inspirational. And what I started is I just looked at the trailer and I said, aha. So I got home and I had to find it. And I watch it with my husband. I've since told other people. Um, But it's a real inspiration, I think, for um, anybody, no matter what what age that you are. So that was a fun one. And along that side, too, one book that I've used is by Ashton Applewhite, um, This Chair Rocks, which I absolutely love. But um, look her up on YouTube you'll see some stuff that we sometimes laugh at, but maybe we should challenge for people with the ages and this humor and some things, but you know, sometimes we have to represent ourselves and show differently. So she points out facts and figures, but it was enjoyable to watch. So, um, as much as I haven't been to the movies, I'm trying to think the last one I went to was probably the, when Downton Abbey came back, I took my mother. And so I sat and watched that one. Um, but uh, it, it, you know, is, is now that the movies are open that I'd probably be apt to go see something, but I, um, I tend to go for the, the classics in the movies.
2: As for me, this is almost a guilty pleasure. On YouTube, I've been kind of binge watching. Uh, there are a few episodes called Road to Wisdom, W-I-Z-D-O-M, and it's about the Washington Wisdom senior dance team. They're an NBA senior dance team for people 50 and over. And um, it is so inspiring and funny and charming. I wish I lived closer to Washington, D.C. so I could be a wisdom dancer. <laughs> uh, Started up here. <laughs> I, I am so ready. Yeah, Connecticut actually has the um, Connecticut Sun. They have a senior dance team. But I think with COVID, they, they went into hiding for a while. So I, I'm curious if they're still uh, gonna going to reinstate. But anyway, um, it's called Road to Wisdom. And there are a few episodes on YouTube and it's um, it follows this group of 50 and overs as they uh, audition and get accepted to the team and their uh, tryouts and uh, their first performance at an NBA basketball game. And it's so fun. It is so fun. And it's a, a just wonderful reflection on you see all these people from different walks of life different ages above 50 different athletic abilities and they all come together as a team they put on this performance and it's just so fun on a completely different note (laughs) um, my boyfriend and I recently wrapped up binge watching The Man in the High Castle and I resisted watching that for the longest time because it's historical fiction with kind of a sci-fi twist and the premise is um, that An alternate reality than what really happened is imagined it's post-World War II and the United States is occupied by Japan and Nazi Germany. And I I thought that it would just be too much for me to handle. I I just don't do well with um, dark things like that. But I got so into it and it probably really affected my thinking, honestly, more than any other series I have ever watched. Um, Just, it's very well told. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's, uh, to me, I think uh, for a story to be very well told, it's where um, sometimes you can look at the evil villain and almost understand where they're coming from. And the fact that in that series, I was able to kind of look at it from that point of view. I said, whoa, this is this is crazy. And um, just also from the point of view of imagining um, what my life would be like in a completely different circumstance and really appreciating what I have. So it's a very, very well told story. And uh, yeah,
0: The Man in the High Castle. It seems like, well, I mean, the man on the high castle maybe wasn't as well tied in as some of the other things that both of you were watching <laughs> seemed very well, well tied into our topic today. But um unfortunately mine are not. With my boyfriend, we both started watching The Expanse, um, which is based on a sci-fi book series. And my boyfriend had just finished the book, so he was like, I want to watch the show, and I know it's probably a show, something that you would like, so let's watch the show together. I was kind of surprised with how, like, gritty it is. I guess I'm just very used to, like, your Star Trek, like, space is awesome and we're so technologically advanced that, like, we made space travel safe. But The Expanse is like, no, space is constantly trying to kill you. (laughs) uh like just like from the start this crew having like massive failures of their ship and just like constantly on the the brink of of something horrific happening and it's uh a lot more political than i think i expected it to be because the show is all about these three factions humans who are still on earth humans who have colonized Mars and humans who have gone out into the belt or, or working in space. Sounds
2: like a good one. I'm going to check that yeah. out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But yeah, like I said, be ready for space is trying to kill you. <laughs> like, it's very much like the realities of what space travel would be like, even though I couldn't speak from a scientific standpoint if it's mm-hmm. like hyper-realistic. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not a rocket scientist. And we'll return to the show after a quick break. Enjoy the latest movies, music, ebooks, and audiobooks instantly with Hoopla. Cranston Public Library cardholders can borrow up to five instant titles each month with no wait times or holds. You can download the free Hoopla Digital mobile app on your Android or iOS device or visit www.hoopladigital.com to begin enjoying thousands of titles from major Hollywood studios, record companies, and publishers available to borrow for instant streaming or temporary downloading to your smartphone, tablet, and computer. The library is launching a new collection, School Tools. Check out tools, toys, games, and interesting objects for learning and play from Central Library, including a microscope, toy cast register, robots, and more. The tools are meant to support parents who are teaching at home and encourage kids to pursue their passions. If you have suggestions or feedback for this new collection, email Emily at emilybrown at cranstonlibrary.org. So I want us to have enough time to talk about what you both came here to talk about today. Um, so I thought I'd start off if you both wanted to talk a little bit about what your experience is with lifelong learning. Basically, like once you were done with school and your formal education, like what has what your experience been learning new things and, and how have you gone about that? I know that's a very broad question.
1: <laughs> well, when you step away from your formal learning, um, you know, as much as I did love school and so forth and so on, you, you, you had the structure and you may have to take XYZ courses and so forth. Um, I think as you leave that, your slate is wide open. So it gives you the opportunity of whatever you're curious about or things you may have never tried before to dive right in and go experience it. You know, there's there's no judgment there. You don't have to worry about a grade um, and you can pursue things that are probably outside of your realm. So I would say that for me, that, that's an exciting part, no matter, you know, when your formal education does end. Um, and for myself, you know, I liked being in the classroom. So I went, went you don't laugh at me. I went back 10 years later, I got an, one master's and then I went back and got another master's while I was working full-time because I love that learning. But I think, you know, the sky's the limit and what's out there and Um, as an adult, you, you get to make those choices and you might, um, try something you've never done before, um, and take that, that risk. And I, I'm just, I'll, I'll stop right now. But one thing that, um, really got me on that track is I had the experience of going on an outward bound, um, eight day adventure, all female, which is what I chose to do. Um, I had just turned 40. I was executive director of a YMCA at that time. And this young teenager came in and said, you know, they have this for adults too, Beth. And I said, yeah, 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 I know. Well, he brought the, um, the application in and I went in, I, I love the outdoors. I didn't know anybody. It was in North Carolina. I said, there's the adventure in me that maybe had been held back for a little bit. Um, so it was high ropes course and canoeing and, um, what else did we do? Uh, hiking. And uh, the hurricane was coming in. So we ended up doing, you know, sleeping in a canoe in these tarps one night and um, doing whitewater rafting and the cooking and so forth. And, you know, that's to your element. So it really pushes you um, beyond your comfort zone. You're tired. You you stink to high heaven. You, you you don't care. You just get back into who you are as a person. And I think um, for me, that just opened it up. Okay what else am I going to do next? So it's the
2: adventure or the curiosity part. That's wonderful. I, I can relate to so much of what you're saying, Beth, because, you know, when you get out of formal education, it's, um, it, the sky is the limit. You know, you're not limited by, um, necessarily your parents' budget. You know, if you're, if you are growing up with a job, you can pay for things yourself for the first time. Like, whoa. Um, <laughs> that's kind of how I felt when I, when I started doing martial arts, for a long, long while, I was uh, doing as many trainings as I pretty much could at uh, Kripalu Yoga Center in Massachusetts. And yeah. I got—I uh, one of the best things I did was I uh, got uh, certified as a yoga dance instructor, and I used to teach. And it, um, it, I was just with this wonderful group of people, and so many of us, 20 years later, are still in touch. It's—it's it's wonderful, just. Quality people. And um, yeah, that's kind of been my my passion and and what I live for in, in a lot of ways ever since I've, you know, kind of left home is what can I learn now? What can I do now? And seeing every challenge as a learning experience. Um, and uh, probably the most recent thing I could draw on is I did a, uh, a triathlon last year. And uh, when we were in... Um, Covid lockdown, I was I just happened to be surfing, you know, on my phone looking at stuff stuff related to fitness, and and um, it had always been a goal of mine to do a triathlon, but the only one I knew of was the Ironman, and you know that that was so difficult I couldn't possibly do it. But then I I found this web page with types of triathlons, and and there was one that's a little shorter, you know, a sprint distance. I said, oh that's, that's something I can actually do. That's like within, within my goal, you know, I can, I can achieve that. So, um, that in itself was a learning experience and just, you know, committing to training and doing certain things every week. Um, and I did it and it was surprisingly difficult and that in itself was, was a learning experience. Like okay, there are still so many things to learn. <laughs> you know, and when I when I did the race, there were so many people my age and older that were so much better than me, and they, their times were so much faster. And rather than feeling defeated by that, as I thought I might, I was really inspired by that because actually the woman that. Um, came in first overall was only a year younger than I at the time and I was like you go girl you know mm-hmm. like, like I can I can look up to these people like I can be like them when I grew up so uh yeah it's just it's a fun adventure that just never ends it's great
1: and if I can jump in here Wendy we we do have to get to meet each other it's, it's interesting because uh, Wendy and I are talking about I think um action and movement in lifelong learning and I I think sometimes we can, you know, it's a community of people, but there's other areas where you can stretch your mind. So like if you want to take a foreign language that you never did an immersion type thing or travel for that or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just, uh, you know, if you you want to dabble into cooking or whatever it might be, so it doesn't have to be the the active part, but the two of us seem to go that route. But um, I I think the spirit of um, what we're trying to show is that just follow your heart
2: and go see what you'd like to do. Yeah, Absolutely. That's, that's yeah, if there's anything that, that kind of always seeps into your mind as as um, like a little, little fantasy of yours, like, oh, I want to paint or, oh, I would like to sing or, you mm-hmm. know, I would love to speak a language. Like that To me, I always think that that's, you know, like a little message to you that you really need to listen to that. You, you need to just get that out of your brain, not like as this little daydream fantasy, but something mm-hmm. that your soul needs to do. So I agree with you totally. Yep. And don't put it off. Just No, just do it. Jump in. in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so on the idea of you saying about like, don't put it off, there's a lot of freedom to being an adult and not being in school where there are these confines. But there's also a lot of, you know, a lot of other things that people have going on in their life when you're an adult so you know, pursuing your passion sometimes goes on the back burner. So, do either of you have any advice on how people can make time to pursue these little things in their brain? Have I always wanted to do that?
1: You know, the first thing that, that comes to my mind is, you know, we're all, we always strive to find some balance in our life. Um, and we go through this life once, live now. Um, and, you know, and put fun in your life every day or some learning every day, even if it's a little smidget. And I know, you know, I'm guilty of not doing that. I always have to keep reminding myself. Um, but um, if you find that balance or you put it in, um, you know, I'm sure Wendy, when you were training for the triathlon, you had to make sure that you were training a little bit. So if you had one that you had, your your calendar, your appointments and what you were going to do, that you can build it right in there. Um, and You know, if you wanted to take a trip to the Grand Canyon, let's say, um, that you plan that. It's like if you're planning for your, um, you know, you do financial planning, you should do your vacation planning and and put it out there and put it in your calendar that you or even do a vision board that you want to get there. Uh, But it's just taking taking that step and finding the time. Um, And remind yourself, you know, there's a place for family, for work, for love, for adventure, and and
2: for for play. Definitely play. Definitely. I I can relate to so much of what you're saying. Um, For me, I know there's always this challenge. I tend to take appointments with other people more seriously than my own. And I had to unlearn that. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like if you have to pick up your kids from school, you're not going to miss that. If you have a doctor's appointment, and they will, you know, you will have to pay pay for the visit anyway, whether or not you go. Of course, she makes sure you go. But my my challenge was always, if I make promises to myself I'm going to do something, I would be the first one to not do that thing because no one else was relying on me. But I had to realize that, um, that you have to make appointments with yourself and you have to take them just as seriously as an appointment with anybody else. Like, for example, training for the triathlon. I mean, believe me, there were so many mornings I did not want to go to the YMCA and swim. But <laughs> I was, I, I said, you know what, if I let this one go, I'm going to let the next appointment go. And I'm going to, you know, and, then and, and soon I'm, the triathlon day is going to be here and I'm not going to be ready and that won't be pretty. So it's like, you know, I, I really had to learn to keep these dates and be very serious about it. And, um, a similar thing happened when I, um, The year I turned 50, I made this commitment to myself that I was going to write a blog post every week. And okay, I can take a couple of hours every week and and write something Uh, because I was so frustrated. I wasn't writing the kinds of things I wanted to write. And um, I managed to keep it up. And once I learned to take that seriously, I have to say that year was um, talking about learning. One of the things I learned was those tiny little steps, tiny little increments when you look at the end of a long period of time, they add up and, and it doesn't feel like maybe you're making any progress, but all of a sudden you'll, you'll look behind you and go, oh my goodness, I came, you know, I've come so far. And all those, for me, all those little you know blog posts I wrote every week became um, a book that I published. So, I mean, if I sat down and said, I'm going to write a book, it might not have happened, but I I was able to wrap my head around. I'm going to write a little bit every week. So I think definitely like when you have so much going on, this work and family commitments and all of that, you really have to take taking care of yourself as seriously as we take care of everybody else around us because you know at the end of our life if we haven't done like a few things we want to do then what was what was the point you know <laughs> we're, we're, right. we're here to do more than pay bills yeah it's a, it's a
1: real discipline but I think that when you sit back after you've done that like your blog Wendy is like wasn't this rewarding you know I yeah. did it so congratulate yeah. yourself. Oh, thank and you. and, and I, I hear you as far as getting for your triathlon. You know, I'm a, I'm a swimmer and getting in that pool at five o'clock in the oh, morning.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, one <laughs> of, one water. Of,
1: yeah. yeah. And one of my goals, you know, years ago is to swim, save the bay. And I, you know, you had to make sure we were ready to do that. Wonderful, but, you know. But it's just uh, it coming together with what you. Sometimes what your passion is what which really makes you spark. I think mm-hmm. um, go for it, you know. But we something we have to put ourselves first, and then we can give more to others. So
2: finding that space. It's true. Sometimes the hardest part is just pushing yourself out of the house. But then once you do, you look back and you go, "I'm so glad I did that." Yeah. <laughs>
0: but Wendy I think also something that you kind of touched on that I think I'd like to like fully flesh out is you said if I sat down and said I'm gonna write a book that might not have happened because that seems very overwhelming but you had chosen the goal of like I'm gonna write a blog post every week so I think it's also important if you have a big goal that seems like a lot to start out with setting attainable goals that will get you there. Like something that seems very achievable. Because I think once you achieve that one thing, then the next little bit bigger thing will seem achievable and and so on and so forth.
2: Absolutely. And and what's funny too, is I did not set out to write a book. I think when we, when just through the practice of doing things we love, uh, we might not have a particular plan in mind, although we might, and that's fine. But I, I think the path where it takes us is part of the this wonderful cosmic discovery. Um, other other paths show themselves to us that we might not have set out on or been aware of. So I, I actually did not set out to write a book, but that's what happened. And yeah, it's such a wonderful
0: thing. All right. So we've talked about kind of how we do it, um, or at least how we how we figure out what we want to do and how we commit or try to commit to lifelong learning. <clears throat> Um, but Beth, do you want to talk a little bit about OLLI and how that can help people um, sure. as a tool for their lifelong yeah. learning?
1: I'll be happy to do that. Um, just a little bit of background about OLLI. Um, there are OLLI's all over the country. So our listeners are here wherever you live. Um, they are affiliated with a, a college or a university um, and funded initially by the Bernard Osher Foundation. Um we are based here right in at the Kingston campus, and I think um, it's for age 50 and older. It's a membership institute within a university, and it brings people together. If I had to say anything, it's, it's community. Um, so you're, we're welcoming people that uh, may still be working, uh, people that may, may I recently retired and now what? Uh, People that may have relocated here to be closer to their grandkids or come back or people that may have lost a spouse or people that are active all the time, but learning is important for them. So it's a hub. Um, So we offer classes on a year round basis over four semesters and it's all for the joy of learning. There's no homework. Sometimes you'll have reading, no grades, um, and for the most part, they are in person. Um, we do have uh, some semesters about 10 or 12 Zoom classes. But the the range of what you're learning could be a language. Um, it could be um, creativity in play. It could be some history, um, some high-level physics, perhaps. You never took that in high school. Now you can come and it's like, oh, okay, this is kind of interesting. Um, so it's stretching your learning. It's really about curiosity. I think the one thing about Our program is people come with all walks of life and backgrounds. Um, You do not have to have a college education. Um, And when you sit in the class, it could be a college professor that might be teaching. It could be a retired school teacher, or it could be, um, you know, someone like myself that knows how to facilitate a group and I have a passion that I want to share with others. Um, so there's a lot of dialogue there because what comes in, so most classes are an hour and a half long. but I think people find their way because they want to they want to be enriched and they want to grow and stretch a little bit. Um, we also have special interest programs. so if people are looking to join our walking club or a book group or have a foreign policy discussion group, it just goes. So it's real member centered and member driven. Um, and so that's how our programs come about. Um, and um, we're, we're here on a year-round basis, four full semesters, um, and we service the entire state. There's, um, we have over 1,100 members right now, um, very active and inspiring, and it's just a, a good, healthy, fun place to be. And I find that, you know, people take more than one course a semester um, because they're spread out. So we may, for example, this past semester, it started in September, it ends right before Christmas. We still have, you know, a handful of classes that haven't even started yet because they will be one week, three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, et cetera. Um, but it, it's uh, very lively and it's it's fun just to be on a college campus. We do some intergenerational programming, so we're bridging that gap. Um, but really, it is building community and it's, it's it just keep your curiosity going. I would say that's the theme of it. Um, and people seem to be very, very satisfying new friends, new relationships are happening. And, you know, we do a travel program. So people that may look for someone to travel with, they find somebody. That's fantastic. That that is who we are. I'm going to
2: check this out myself. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. I've already got you pegged to come teach for us, Wendy. Watch out.
2: Oh, my goodness. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
0: So, Wendy, like I said, you already mentioned that your blog posts have turned into a book. So do you want to talk a little bit about your book? Sure, sure. Um,
2: So, yeah, I published a book earlier this year called Jump in the Holes and Other Small Ways to Live Your Biggest Life. It was an outgrowth of... Oh my goodness. Well, several years ago, my life completely turned upside down. I was a corporate copywriter and I worked for two of the biggest employers here in Rhode Island, um, the Lifespan Hospitals and CVS Pharmacy. And I loved my work. I loved what I did there. But at the same time, there was this growing sense of, um, uh, you know, since I've always been very passionate about learning and um, health, wellness, living your best life, all of that, I it was kind of like, well, writing about, you know, toilet paper and mascara, I guess a little old after a while. <laughs> so, so I was like, I want to write stuff that really means something to somebody. And I had written a piece for um, that was a freelance piece that ended up in the Southwest Airlines in-flight magazine. And, and I got such amazing feedback from that because it was a very uplifting story. Um, I said, oh, that was wonderful. I want to write more like that. So what happened was... Um, in rapid succession, boom, 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 three, three things were happening. I was turning 50, which, you know, to many people might be the worst of all, all all these things. But I was, uh, I was also going through a divorce and I got laid off from my, my corporate job. And so well, all of these things were happening at once and uh, pretty much I said, well, if I don't do, you know, something positive for myself and, and commit to it, I'm going to lose my mind. you know. And I've been a lifelong writer too. So uh, it was very right therapeutic for me. And I also felt like, you know, what, what there's a transition when you turn 50. It's like, um, to me, I felt like I was old enough to have learned a lot of things that I've been through, but still young enough to apply the wisdom and make the second half of my life even so much better than the first from what I had learned. So for me, it was this, this wonderful balance. And I I thought what better year to commit to writing uh, a blog post every week than my 50th year. And so there were all these little stories that I had kind of like the way I thought of it was things Like, if I had kids, I would want to teach my kids if they would listen to me. But, of course, you know, your kids never listen to you. So, (laughs) Or, like, stories I would want to share with friends or, you know, things I would want to say, you know, you got to do this, you know. Um, So I um, wrote a story every week and and eventually it uh, it quite unexpectedly became a book. And it was interesting, too, because – and just – if I may wax poetic a little bit about my love of books and libraries, you know, I had published all of these pieces over the course of a year as blog posts digitally. And I thought no one would want to read them because they were, out there and I kind of pulled my friends a little bit and 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 the overwhelming response I got was you have to put them in a book, put them in a book. And and it just really renewed my my hope and 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 people and that people still want to read a physical book. They want to have a book they put their hands on and turn the pages up and read and have that tactile experience. So there was just um it was so rewarding for me in that sense to so it's a, it's a collection of stories of things I've learned and still will learn and advice I would give. And uh, feedback has been that it's it's really touching and gritty, but also really funny, which is kind of my voice. So I'm having a lot of fun with it. Fantastic. Thank um, you.
0: So uh, we wrap up the show with a segment I call The Last Chapter, where we talk about a library or bookish-related question. So um, I thought I would ask you both today um i don't know what your current relationship status is but we're in a we're in a fictitious world where we're still dating if someone said to you blank is my favorite book what book would they have to say that it would be a red flag (laughs) that you would be like no no no. this isn't gonna work (laughs) yeah (laughs) ah i'm at a loss I'm very proud of myself for this question. This was like a shower thought question that I literally had to like, when I got out of the shower, was like, I have to write this down or I'm not going to remember. Well, if you it? want, I could start with mine. Well, or, this question, but actually I was thinking about it because, and this is, to, this is not based on the book at all. I've never read the book and I don't know if I ever will, but this is purely based on my life experience that I felt like maybe it should have been a sign when this man told me that his favorite book was *Cretcher in the Rye that that might've been a sign that our relationship was not destined for longevity. And that, that was correct.
2: You know, it's funny. This is a great question because um, uh, something I used to ask potential partners was, you know, what, what do you think is the best movie of all time? And if it was something along the lines of, you know, a classic like Casablanca, there was hope, or if it was something along the lines of Jurassic Park or, you know, battleship, you know, (laughs) We're not going to have too much to talk about. So if, if it was a book, I would say probably, you know, the book version of, um, oh, oh what's what's the, uh, uh, those those little cars and things that, that, oh, the Transformers. Yeah, if it was, you know, the book version of the Transformers, I'd say, oh, no. The book version
0: out. of a Michael Bay movie? <laughs>
2: <laughs> as much as I like action and martial arts, it's got to be intelligent. No.
1: I, I'm sorry, I am not thinking of something, Taylor. So you're, you're going to see me in silence right now, which is okay. I'll call well, you tomorrow and let. I was you know. just
0: going to say, I'm sure you'll be thinking about it. Like yeah, when I you're will going be bed tonight. You'll yeah. be like, "Oh, this is yeah. the book. I hate this book." And this would be a sign. Um, <laughs> Transformers: The New Beginning. <laughs> it's the sequel. You don't want to read. <laughs> it was funny, Wendy, though, that you said about Jurassic Park because Jurassic Park is books based on books by uh oh not know that okay oh yeah I, I they were books based by Michael Brighton. yeah I think the books were yeah. good but the movies were probably dumbed down so, I was gonna yeah. say from what I understand I haven't read the book <laughs> from what I understand the the books were a little bit deeper and there's a lot of like stuff because there were like sequels too but I don't think any of the sequel movies were based on like the sequels of the books um that there was like a lot more there and it was a little meatier than like Let's keep making the same mistake over and over again. The mistake being (laughs) making dinosaurs and putting them in an amusement park. That's funny, yeah. (laughs) Well, before we sign off, uh, Wendy, where can people find out about your book, you, your upcoming projects, all of the above? Yeah, oh yeah, I would love
2: to see see people on my website. So uh, my website is wendyzlewis.com. Lewis is L-E-W-I-S. I write an inspiring new story every week, uh, similar to the stories that are in my books. You can get that for free every week if you sign up for my emails. My stories every week are called Wendy Z Wednesdays and obviously they come out on Wednesdays. So you can sign up for that and have those inspiring, you know, stories in your inbox every Wednesday. And also I'm working on a possible New Year's challenge. So if you're interested in that, you can come on over to my website and check that out and get the latest
0: all right, we will link your website in the show notes along with information about Ollie and how people can sign up for the classes at URI's Ollie. So thank you both for joining me. Uh, if you, the listeners, would like to answer our last chapter question or suggest a last chapter question, you can reach out to us via uh, email at the email downtime at cranstonlibrary.org. And you can also reach out to us via social media with hashtag downtimecpl. If you're feeling generous, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts because it helps people find the show. Thank you again for listening. And this has been another episode of Downtime. Downtime is a project of the Cranston Public Library and is produced by Zach Berger, Nomi Hay, Robin Nizio, and me, Taylor Cardillo. Audio engineering by Dave Bartos. Our theme music is Day Trips by Ketza, and our ad music is Happy Ukulele by Scott Holmes. Links to the books and movies discussed can be found in the show notes. Remember to rate and review Downtime on Apple Podcasts. Connect with the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the hashtag DowntimeCPL. And if there's something you'd like to hear on the show, send an email to downtime at cranstonlibrary.org. Join us next week for more Downtime.